0: you are listening to the scale with speed podcast why because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit hosted by nine-figure business builders matt monero and judge graham answer
1: with caution welcome to the scale with speed podcast this is judge graham with my business partner a <laughs> matt monero nice to see y'all the matt monero right? <laughs> i opened up the last one with the judge graham <laughs> So we're talking about enterprise value today.
0: Well, what do you? What do you? What do you mean? What does enterprise value
1: mean? Enterprise value is for everybody listening that owns your company. Dude, what's it worth? Mm. Right. What's it? Why are you doing this? Oh, thing, I, right? I
0: have a chance to sell this thing. Wait, <laughs> there could be a pot of gold at the end.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna go over um, really met- metrics on like business valuation. And then how do you build enterprise value? We're going to give a couple steps on some of the things you should be doing in prep, whether you want to sell your company or not. If the opportunity presents itself, you're in the best position to sell it. Or if you're tracking towards, I'm building it to sell, you should be doing a lot of these things. right now.
0: You should be building your business to be sold at any time, whether you want to sell it or not.
1: That's our belief. Totally. You know, so...
0: And we always use the uh, example of uh, an alumni from Burn the Ships who came in. He had no interest in selling his business. didn't even think about it. Six months later, he sells it for millions of dollars, right? Every business should be built with the intention to be sold whether you want it or not. Now, how do you know what your business is worth? Because unfortunately, uh, I'm not exactly sure where we get this stat for Burn the Ships, Judge, but something like 92% of businesses that are listed to be sold – never sell they never find a buyer
1: yeah and that's because they weren't prepped properly they don't have a lot of the steps we're going to talk about they weren't big enough they didn't have stickiness enough they didn't have recurring revenue and on and on and on
0: so we teach this topic of enterprise value at burn the ships and we're going to give you some of that content right now there are three ways that your company is going to be baseline valued. the first is a multiple A multiple is a dollar amount paid by a buyer to you as the seller, and the multiples are going to be based on three things, revenue, net income, or EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. EBITDA is not that important if you're in a service-based business. You don't have a lot of debt, Uh, but it does if you're in a capital-intensive business or um, you know, you're, you're a machine shop, you're a trucking company, something in which your company has had to incur lots of debt to produce the product or service that you end up selling. So. Those three things are key metrics that you better be spending some freaking time on. Dude, you better. You always see it on Shark Tank, right, dude? Where where that entrepreneur comes (laughs) up and they get grilled for not knowing their numbers, right? Uh, How how much business have you done? And I love this one. Well, we've done, um, you know, $1.2 million dollars um over what period of time well that's since inception yeah but when was that dude you've been business
1: five years (laughs) and
0: then what's the follow-up they always the sharks always ask what have you done the last six months yeah right
1: what's the margin what's What's your margin yeah
0: so three key metrics that you have to completely understand you have to understand the revenue you have to understand the net income and you have to understand the ebitda and we're now going to go in and give you some examples that we have seen judge has experienced in what the multiple of those three key metrics could actually be. And so, when it comes to revenue, these are rules of thumb gang. This it's is directional. Directional, good. 1x revenue is a reasonable rule of thumb. If you have a $5 million business, there is a argument that your business could sell at 1x of five million dollars. Now, when we talk about this and burn the ships, you, you know, you, you begin to see people like you can just see it in their eyes, like, "Oh, yes, I can sell my business." <laughs> Hold on, cowboy. We, we got to go a little bit further on that. Yeah,
1: yeah. More, more deals are not done that way, right? I mean, software companies, maybe. Most companies aren't getting 1x of the REV.
0: Because here's how it plays out now. But you have to understand enterprise value, the purpose of today's podcast, which is now if you have REV, the next question your buyer is going to ask is, how much do you make on that REV? So let's just say that your company on $5 million um, operates at a 10% margin. Well, you have a five hundred thousand dollars net income on five million dollars worth of revenue, and on net income, you might, depending on time, circumstances, uniqueness, tech, culture, uh, you know, is it a strategic buyer? Is it a non-strategic buyer? Who wants you? Why do they want you? All the, your client base, your, all that sort of stuff, your recurring revenue base, your trustworthy cash flow, you might see a five, six, seven. Multiple to your net income. Okay, so let's say you had a 5x multiple on your five 500,000, you're now 2.5 million in enterprise value. It's a big difference. It's a 50% haircut off of the 5 million in revenue that you got so excited about, right? Totally. The third piece is the EBITDA. And a lot of the private equity guys, more sophisticated buyers, will care about EBITDA because they understand that perhaps, let's just say you're in a capital intensive business and EBITDA is on five million, let's say that your EBITDA is uh, let's just say your EBITDA is 1.5 million on, say, five million in sales, they understand that they have levers to pull that you may not one of the primary levers they may have is buying power. Maybe they can buy the capital intensive equipment less than you can, and therefore they can increase the EBITDA and you didn't have that buying power. Maybe they can borrow the debt cheaper than you can borrow the debt so the interest expense isn't greater. So EBITDA matters to those guys because they may have some scale that you don't have and they can pull and immediately EBITDA can increase for them. Totally. Okay? So again, if you have that, say it's 1.5 million and you've got 5X on your EBITDA of 1.5 million, now you in the seven seven and a half million dollar range it is possible that if you get bought or valued off EBITDA, it could be worth more than if you're being valued off of net income okay
1: yeah and and for for people that understand this is a simple concept if this is the first time you've heard this you know we need to do some more research you probably should come to burn the ships but the idea is this is the three ways people usually get sold and we should caveat too like If you're not at least a million in EBITDA or net income it's going to be tough to even sell your company right and really you need to be in that five six seven million EBITDA not revenue range in order to really get attention and get a a sizable exit
0: hey let me let me just let me just double click on that just for a sec the, the, the point is, you're listening to a podcast called Scale with Speed. It's not scale slow. It's not like limp in. It's get freaking big fast. Mm-hmm. Because the numbers that judge is throwing out there, let's say that you did have a $5 uh, million dollar EBITDA. Yep. You're going to be much more attracted to a lot more people right. than if you have a $500,000 EBITDA. You're just not even going to get in the front door. But if you have a 5X or a $5 million EBITDA, and you were to pull a 5X, you're now looking at a $25 million exit. Your yeah. freaking life changed because you committed to scaling a business with speed, getting it to a $5 million EBITDA on a $25 million freaking exit. Guess what? You just got fucking rich. That's the game that you're listening to this podcast for. How do you get scale at profit fast?
1: Amen. If you want to make it even more exciting, get to 10 million in eBay and sell for a 10X, it's a hundred million, right? Those are the numbers I get excited about. All right, so let's talk about some of the fundamental things you have to do in order to even be in a position to sell, right? So Matt just went through the mechanics and kind of the logistics of, here are scenarios of of things that you could look at in order to, to exit and how the exit works. But you got to even get to the, the, the dance to, to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so some of those things are two to three years of, of audited financials, right? So um, listen, if you're only doing you know, 50000 in net income, you know, don't worry about audited financials. I mean, once you're hovering, and again, this is directional. These are all Matt and I's opinions, right? Once you're about at a million in EBITDA, 700000 in EBITDA, you should start exploring audited financials. I
0: I couldn't agree more with that. And I also think that the double-click on that is the easier you make your financial statements be trustworthy to the buyer... The less they're going to scrutinize it. The less they're going to scrutinize it. And the more trust they have in you as an owner... Totally. And so, you know, when you're spending five grand a year from you know bubba's tax return service and now you're spending fifty thousand dollars a year on your audited there is a very good chance that you will earn that money back totally in the exit yeah yeah
1: yeah 100 the other the other piece is not easily duplicated right so if you're in a business that can be stood up really fast it's easy to duplicate You have nothing special. You're just not going to be valued as much. That's just how that plays out. Um, Buffett calls it a moat. Yeah, that's a great, great example, right? I mean, the the business that you have to be in has to have some secret sauce. Yeah. Right. You know that that only increases the value. If it's a commodity and there, you know, there's just not going to be a lot of value
0: there. It goes back to the niche. Yeah, niche will get
1: you rich. Experts get paid. Amateurs get crushed. Right three to four months of cash saved. Listen, people are about to buy your business. They don't want it to be empty, right? (laughs) They want to know, and and you work all this out, it's called working capital, but but they wanna know you have a reserve if the next COVID hits Mm -hmm. and they buy you, that that business can operate fine during that three to four month COVID recovery period, right? Mm -hmm. So at some point you need to start putting some money in the kitty and just keep it in there, right? I mean, it's just just good business practice, right? If you're going month to month and you're stretching that cash, that's a problem. And again, now, this is when you're starting to make money. We understand the the, the startup phase, and but you're starting to make some money, you need to keep some in.
0: Even so, you, I mean, even whether you're freaking just getting going. Yeah, you? you need to keep some in. You need to keep some money. Now this goes back to the next point you're about to talk about. Yeah, so owners need to be taking a market
1: rate salary. So we're gonna get a little technical here, right? If you own the company, you can take a, biggest distribution as you want no problem but if you're trying to kind of avoid taxes and um you're taking a very small salary so let me give you an example you run a company that the to replace your position as ceo the salary is three hundred fifty thousand. but because you would rather take more money in a distribution and have to pay less taxes being taxed in ordinary income you decide to take a $100,000 salary, so it's a difference of 250000 Matt, you're a math guy here. You can help me. You come in and a buyer is about to buy you, all right? And they're going to buy you for a 10X. I'm going to make the math easy for you, Matt. Cool. They're going to buy you for 10X, okay? And they look at it and they say, well, you're taking 100000 right now? If you were to get hit by a truck tomorrow, we were going to fire you. We're going to have to hire a CEO for 350000 Therefore... That two hundred and fifty thousand, you're going to be taxed by the buyer on times ten. What is two hundred fifty thousand times ten? Two
0: point five million dollars.
1: So you just left two point five million on the table because of how you were playing that out.
0: Which is you were playing it to avoid taxes, right? To, to save
1: fifteen thousand, you lost two point <laughs> five, right, or twenty or whatever it is. Now, now this is something you know when you're getting in that sell mode. Start taking that that salary six months prior, mm-hmm. right, um, dude. Nobody is buying the company if it's you. <clears throat> if your name's on the door, and you make all the decisions, and you work with the customers, and you sell the customers, and it the company can't survive without you, dude. You're not getting bought. You need an executive management team. You need to be seen as the leader. And if you were to get replaced or hit by a truck the next day, you have a team that can
0: handle everything. You have to have those figureheads. And those figureheads will be analyzed extensively by the buyer. They, they are not buying a phony executive management team. You know, I, I talk about this Nicola deal, uh, for mm. those of you, right? And I, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm not a big stock guy. I only buy a couple stocks. But when this Nikola company, they were to be the... um, Next Tesla. The next Tesla. they copied the name. Right. Right. So let's just go ahead and take the guy's first name since (laughs) the last name's taken, right? (laughs) Um, But it it turned out that um, there were a few players on the executive management team. One of the guys was the vice chairman of General Motors, which, by the way, why do you think General Motors took an 11% stake in Nikola to do this Badger deal, which is their electric truck? Obviously, the guy put that deal together. But another person, the director of hydrogen technology for Nikola, was the founder Trevor Milton's brother. This guy doesn't know shit from Shinola about hydrogen technology. In fact, when you look at his LinkedIn profile and all this was a bit on CNBC. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like you know disclosing. Uh, well, I'm not doing journalism here. Right, you right, know right, what right, I mean? Right, I'm not right. doing. This. I'm yeah, just watching CNBC and they're here yeah. tell me this the some bitch his last job on linkedin before he got this job at nicola was he was a concrete driveway guy he poured <laughs> driveways for concretes for pour, poured concrete <laughs> drive. so so they, they now what happens it all blows up nicola's going in the toilet the the founder the has resigned and since he has resigned just last week there were two sexual lawsuits against him. This guy's career is ruined. Don't feel too sorry for him because his exit package was $3.1 billion. But the executive management team in a real buyer's world freaking matters. Yeah,
1: totally. Who
0: are these people? What have they done? How long have they been there? What are their credentials? Can we trust that they can continue the organization at the same rate?
1: Super important. The other thing is, is margin optimization, right? I mean, if you are running a multi-multi-multi-million dollar company, but you're making 2% margin, good luck. Doesn't matter how big your revenue is. Nobody wants to buy that unless maybe, again, it's some software company and it's a strategic buyer. Dude, making money matters, right? Yeah. And it's not revenue that matters. Dude, you need to be making money. Well, it okay? also matters, margin too. Margin is more important than revenue.
0: It also matters, too, Judge, on the, on the liquidity of the exit. Right? Totally. I mean, the value it,
1: goes up if you have a high if you have a ten percent margin versus a thirty percent margin, that's could be the difference between a five X and a nine X.
0: It could multiple. also be the difference between you getting a check and being able to leave the organization. Right. Or you getting a little bit and rolling the dice on a massive future payout when they're like, Yeah, we really pay you when we get the company when we, we pull the levers margin and higher. get the margin higher. Yep. All
1: right. Um Succession planning, we kind of talked about that. I mean, that's part of the executive management team, right? I mean, if you're not in a position now where you have leadership, you need to, if you're getting closer to this idea of an exit, you need to build that succession planning to make that buyer feel good. Like, hey, listen, my COO easily could be promoted to my position, right? And here's the succession plan of how that looks. It's already in our employment agreement. We've been working on it. She's going to be ready at any time. Um, and here we're going to give you a quick four tidbits on how do you constantly build enterprise value, right? Recurring revenue, um, we've either have done a podcast on it, I think we just did one, mm-hmm. right? Dude, people want to buy predictability, you have to have recurring revenue. If you don't know what that is, go back and listen to the podcast <laughs> on recurring revenue. It's
0: called, it's called Recurring Revenue Saves Your Ass, Yes, yeah, that podcast that's, okay, good. Uh
1: Recurring Revenue Saves Your Ass, go listen to that. Low customer concentration. This actually killed me on one of my deals and I came back and fixed it. Dude, if you have an amazing company that has amazing margin, you're hundred million in revenue and you're 50% margin, right? That sounds awesome. Okay, comma, but you have one customer that takes up 40% of your revenue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Big, big, big problem. That customer leaves, dude, you've lost 40% of your company. So it doesn't matter how much revenue, how much margin. Dude, do we have one? We're going to do a podcast on just customer concentration, how to avoid it, how to offset it. But you need to be looking right now with your customer concentration, right? If you have anybody, in my opinion, that's over 30%, maybe even 25% of your total revenue, you're at risk, whether you're trying to sell or not. What happens when 25% of the revenue walks out the
0: door? Big, big one. It is. I mean, it, it's it's massive. I don't, I don't know how we understood that very early on here, but I like to hit singles and doubles. I don't like to make revenue from home runs. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is home runs is you land that monster yeah. account, and now guess what? You're freaking beholden you, to that you account. Be,
1: you're beholden to it. you got to go. Go win another one that side. I mean, yeah, it's a whole.
0: So look, real real quick story, because I, I, I hope you're listening to this podcast because you get real freaking life stories from us. Uh, we just redid our health insurance here. And, you know, for those company owners who, who do health insurance at, at their companies, you realize it never goes down year over year. It always goes up. I mean, it's just it's just an automatic in business. Health insurance renewals are always going to be more expensive than the previous year, except this year for us. The first time in the history of the company. Why? Because the company that lost out to us last year uber sharpened their pencil to get their business, our business this year. Smart. That's what happens with customer concentration. When you have that one big account well, that, need you need ju- you back. <laughs> that you just stole. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Those guys don't just sort of, you know, pack it up and fold it up and go away. Yeah. Dude, they sharpen their freaking pencil to win that business yeah. back.
1: Yeah, that's that's a whole separate podcast on being opportunistic, right? <laughs> um, And optimizing your revenue, right, by hitting up those vendors. Uh, the other one is build intellectual property. Listen, I mean, again, that... The name of the game when you're selling your company is how do you increase that multiple? The difference of getting a 5X versus a 10X is is hugely meaningful, right? How you do that is is, is through a multitude of things, but one of them is intellectual property, right? And what I mean by that is do you have a unique process or a piece of technology that makes things faster and better for the customer? Mm-hmm. And if you do and it's unique, there's value in that. Big value in that. And then the last one is ability to scale. No one is going to buy your company if if you've tapped out the market, Yeah. okay? If they're buying you for a 100 million, they need to see that the opportunity is a billion with their resources, their scale, their cross-pollination of customers and everything they're doing. So make sure you're in a market that you can dominate, but the ceiling is really high because if you've already tapped into that, it's t- not that you know it's still a good business, but buyers that spend real money they're buying to scale, right? If they're writing a hundred million dollar check, they want to make it into a billion.
0: So um, I've listened to I don't know how many auto programs, Judge. I, I I know this might sound crazy, but I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was a thousand tapes cds shit like that it's dating you bud say say uh itunes well (laughs) but actually i i don't uh listen to them at the same veracity i listen to shit that's of interest to me not not this foundational shit and i don't know how many books hundreds of books never in any of them did they ever teach me enterprise value and what the process to exit the business must be the audited financial statements, the customer concentration, the metrics that we might be valued off of, the the, the key piece of technology, the recurring revenue piece, never. And this is a, just a
1: tiny bit.
0: Of what you get if you come to the freaking Burn the Ships boot camp. Yeah, totally. So I cannot stress enough on behalf of Judge and I, if you like what you're hearing in this podcast, this is episode 11, by the way. Awesome. If it's benefiting you, go to the next level and click – Burn the ships.com boot bootcamp and buy your ticket and come. It's a 100% money back guarantee. If for any reason you didn't feel like you got your value out of the registration, we're going to pay you back.
1: And if you're not ready or you're not a fit, but you like the content, leave us a review, share it, right? I mean, it's awesome. We're seeing those ratings go up, but, you know, Matt and I take a lot of time to do this. It'd be awesome if you're listening and you enjoy it. Please share it. Leave us a great review.
0: All right. So, That's it for today's episode on enterprise value. Man, if you do nothing from it, start to look at your business under the pretense of my business can be sold at any time to the highest buyer, whether I want to sell it or not. Take us out, Judge. Make it happen. You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution. We'll be